Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the YouTube Business Academy podcast, the podcast that teaches you the ins and outs of building a successful YouTube automation channel. I'm your host, George, and joining me today is my co-host, Ron. Today's episode is all about the psychology of YouTube, specifically, why do people click and watch certain videos? We'll be diving into some key factors that can make your content more compelling and engaging, including emotional resonance, curiosity and novelty, social proof, personal relevance, and entertainment value. Whether you're just starting out on YouTube or looking to take your channel to the next level, understanding the psychology of viewer behavior is essential for success. So let's get started. Ron, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, great topic we have today because I think that's, this is basically the key on, uh, on getting a lot of views on YouTube is finding out how uh, people think and yeah. why they click on a video. So yeah, yeah. it will be a great podcast. And uh, I think how, how are you doing, by the way? <laughs> Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. I've been doing ice baths. Um, yeah, I've seen them. How was it this morning? <laughs> oh man, it was horrible. Today was very like, because it was windy. And you know, yeah. like I get to the, cause I'm not doing it in like a pool or like a shower. I'm doing it in a lake, dude. Like I live by the lake. So, and I'm living in Finland. So it's winter here, right? We're in the North. So I go to the lake, I walk there, I get undressed and I'm standing there just in my underwear. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So I tend to just go in, but yeah. And I'm actually working on a video. The reason why I'm doing it is because I'm going there every single day and I'm recording every single day and I'm recording B-roll and I'm going to make a storyline and I'm going like just the whole thing. Right. And I'm working on a video titled something like I tried ice baths for 30 days. So that's a good one. Yeah. So we'll see. And I think it'll be pretty cool. It's actually something that really excites me personally. Um, so yeah, I think let's see how that turns out. But yeah, that's, that's one of the just, things that I'm, I'm working quickly on right wondering, now. do you already uh, notice any difference since you're doing it a week already? Uh, yeah, tomorrow is going to be day number seven. Uh, the thing that I'm noticing is that first off, I'm much more calm now when I actually go in, uh, to the water. Like I'm not that calm. Like yesterday, was <laughs> I saw a video <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. I was calm because the weather was really sunny and it was like really nice, not windy. So I was like, Oh, it was easy. Um, today it was really windy. I couldn't even stand there properly cause it was really cold, but when I go in, I don't notice this kind of like shock. Like it doesn't, cause like the first times you go, it's, it's, it's you're not used to it, right? You're like, yeah. but like, I think day number five, I'm like, oh, I think I'm getting used to this. <laughs> Very good. I'll call you, you Ice Man from now. <laughs> yeah, thanks man. <laughs> <coughs> you know what to expect. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, me, myself personally, I'm very, interested in human psychology. I've read a lot of books about human psychology. Um, and, you know, I listened also to uh, like a Mr. Beast podcast. I listened to all of them, but one in one of them, I think I can remember which one he said is that, you know, at this point, he like has people around him to give him ideas and to teach him stuff. And he also either hires or he like talks to like psychologists to understand what makes people tick okay so the points that we are going to be discussing in today's video come from two books one of the books is called uh contagious and the other book is called hooked okay so i read actually both of the books 
um, and it's super interesting, okay? Now, the authors there, they go, uh, they discuss and they analyze why do certain things catch on, right? So it can be products, right? It could be information, it can be videos, right? Like if you think about it, a video is a product in itself as well, right? Um, so why do some videos get watched more than other videos, right? Have you ever asked yourself that question? <laughs> yeah, it's an important, I, I think it's a question that people that are publishing videos on YouTube will ask themselves constantly because I've seen so many videos in my niche, for example, yeah. that got crazy amount of views. And then I'm like, hmm, th that got a lot of views. Let me take some inspiration for it and make my own twist out of it. And it kind of has the same angle. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to publish this. It's going to be a great video. Uh, but in the end, uh, like you missed, you missed maybe one aspect or you changed one small thing and the video is not taking off at all. And you yeah. maybe missed the complete picture. Well, yeah, psychology is all that matters. And probably yeah. the other video did it better than you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's an it's, it's an interesting point you said there about how like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that works. Let me just, you know, replicate that and maybe change a little thing and then you do it and it doesn't work at all, right? And then you're like, what? Why did it not work? Uh, but then as you do it more and more, you slowly start to see patterns and you're like, okay, this title works. Now I need to make my own story, etc. So um, the first bullet point here is emotional resonance. Okay. So uh, let me just read it out to you and then we'll discuss it. Now, videos that evoke strong emotions such as joy, surprise, anger, sadness are more likely to be clicked and watched. People tend to share content that triggers an emotional response which can lead to virality. So, we are emotional beings, right? We make decisions based on emotions and then we justify with logic. And so, you know, emotions are an evolutionary mechanism that has been adapted for human beings for survival, right? Uh, all of these emotions serve some kind of a purpose. Um, for our survival, right? But, you know, our wiring has been, has stayed the same, right? For, for, from all these like millions of years of evolution, but our environment has changed, right? So your brain can't really distinguish what it's seeing, right? And so whenever it's presented with a very emotionally charged video, right? That elicits and that has a like a very emotional, strong response that is increasing your chances of, of this video being spread out to more and more people. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And especially, sad to say it, but mostly if the video is in a negative tone, it attracts people even more because we're more attracted to the negative things because it's, it's, it's a danger of us, you know? Yes. I think also like if we go back to the days, but that's also why all the news outlets, like all the headlines are most of the time negative to just get the, the viewers and everything. Yeah, it works. Like you said, um, we are much. We, we are looking more out for danger than for positive things, uh, because if you think about it, you know when we were <laughs> evolving back in like the forest and the jungles, right? If our if our uh, tribe, you know, signals some kind of danger, you know, our survival depended upon hearing and responding to that signal, right? And so we can see that, like you said, with news as well. Uh, all the titles and all the headlines of newspapers are, you know, negative. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Right? You can you never you, you never see the news like oh, you know, 
the, the mortality rate has been decreased by this amount, like by this percentage in this country. Like you never see that, right? Um, it's an interesting because you read it in so many books. It's like, uh, you know, how many people die per year from terrorist attacks? Right? It's like, I can't remember the exact number, but it's like, just imagine like a small number, yeah. whatever, under, or under a thousand, right? Now, how many people die from cardiovascular diseases or, you know, from eating junk food or from smoking cigarettes or from opioids or, you know, it's like, or car accidents even, you know? Some people are afraid to fly on a plane. And I'm like, dude, just open up the statistics. How many people die from cars and how many people die on plane, like from planes, you know? Uh, and so we have this, I, I can't remember exactly the term what it is, but we have this like distorted perception of... Um, Danger, basically, right? Yeah. We, we perceive danger very um, differently. So, yeah, an emotional response. So, how can this be applied? How can you apply this to, to your, you know, thing on YouTube, right? To your channel. What do you think? I think it's, it's mostly the title and thumbnail combination. Like, after this podcast, we're going to do a workshop about Moon. It's a big YouTuber. Uh, for example, what he's doing in, in his videos, he's basically always highlighting the negative because it attracts attention one of his titles is for example one of these countries will collapse in the next month like it crea creates huge curiosity as well but it's yeah. also pretty negative because the word collapse you know those yeah. kind of things is what moon is also doing and i think if you can uh, formulate a title in a, a certain way that will make people not not like you don't need to make the people scared but maybe warn them a little bit about something mm. Uh, and if you're warning them, they want to know what's what's up, so they will click. And if you can make a thumbnail that's like supplementing, of like complemental to the to the title itself, like strengthening the message, um, that can do very well. But yeah, it's the whole. You need to understand like how the human psychology works to make a nice packaging of the video. You know, the, to make a nice title and thumbnail, and that that takes a lot of practice. Uh, my advice would be for people who want to try this out is check those channels that are doing this, Sunny V2, Moon, uh, Jake Tran, those, those people are all using a negative um, angle, uh, but it works. So check, analyze their titles and analyze their thumbnails and you can learn a lot from it. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. And overall, just think, like Ron said, how can you el elicit, is that the word? An emotional, a strong emotional re uh, response from the viewer with your title and with your thumbnail. Study the news, right? Study different news companies. See what they are doing, right? Oftentimes, you're browsing the internet and then you come across one of those uh, little ads, you know, the headlines, and then it's just the headline is so good that even I catch myself sometimes thinking like, oh, ugh, I really want to click that. But then I'm like, no, no, no. It's just some bunch of BS. <laughs> yeah, but it works. Yeah, it works, man. So a lot of times you can't even, like even if you know it's bullshit, it still it still catches your attention, and I think that really shows the power and the strength of uh, yes of this because a lot of the like our minds, a lot of the processing happens subconsciously, like unconsciously. You know, like ninety ninety five percent of everything, like communication, right, and our like um, uh, processing of information and everything. So you, you like you might think you're a very rational and objective <laughs> human being, but matter of fact, you're very irrational. And so knowing that and having a greater uh, like sense of self-awareness 
it could be very beneficial for you, like just in life in general and of course on YouTube as well. All right, the second point here is curiosity and novelty. People are naturally drawn to content that piques their curiosity or offers something new and novel. Video titles and thumbnails that promise to reveal something unexpected or previously unknown can generate clicks and views. I have a great example of YouTube channels for this. Go ahead. Like all those history channels or space channels, yeah. like they, they use like, a, for example, they have like a thumbnail and the video itself is like about how the, the how something in the world was like 5,000 5, years ago and they show mm. like an image of the thumbnail of like a landscape zoomed out with like a red circle around something and you can't see properly what it is. Yes. And then you're like 5,000 years ago. Uh, and okay. You read it in the title and then you check like the image, a uh, red circle. What is it? I can't see it. And then yes. you want to find out and yeah, you click on a video and you watch <laughs> it. So I see a lot of channels do that as well. And I think it's, it's a little bit of a dirty way, I think, uh, but it isn't if you're, if you're actually delivering on it, like a, there are a lot of channels that do a little bit in a clickbaity way and I can understand it since it's a fight of attention. Yeah. But even if it's a clickbaity way, it still shows like the psychology behind it. You still want to click, even if you, if you, even if you probably already know, ah, this is not probably not true. You still yeah. click anyway. Yeah. You no, know? yeah. it's crazy. Right before uh, we started recording this podcast, Ron showed me his new channel, and I caught myself. And he's like, "Oh, look, this video is picking up." And I look at the I look at the the thumbnail, and I'm like, "What? Why is there?" Like, let's say, why is there a, a dog on that football field? Or why is there like an elephant on the football field? You know what I mean? So it's something that catches you off guard, right? Something unexpected. Exactly. So I was listening to an Andrew Huberman podcast about creativity. Yeah, he's and, good. Yeah, man. I'm listening to so many, some of him. It's crazy. Dude, but you need like, I need like, if I listen to one, I need like a break of like a couple of days because. Yeah, it's a lot of info. Yeah, yeah. And he's and, so enthusiastic. He tells so much things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's so good at explaining. Anyway, yeah. shout out to Andrew Huberman. He is the, he's the, the G. But I was listening to a podcast of his about creativity, and he was basically explaining what is creativity. Like, like what is it, what, what's, what it is to be creative. And he says that it's taking, like, mundane things, like the everyday things, and looking at them from a different angle or perspective. Like I'm not explaining it in the best way possible. You should probably go and, and listen to him, to him instead. But as an example, um, Banksy, right? The artist, he drew a dog, right? Peeing on a fire. Um, what are they called? You know, those red ones in movies? No, I don't know. Ah, it's the, the you can see them on the ground, like in the in the in the in the, in the American movies, you know, especially if you like knock, like if the car knocks them off, there's a like, huge water. It's for it's for oh um, yeah, it's you, for yeah. fires. Yeah, I know what you mean, like those yeah. red poles thing. I don't know, I don't know the name. Yeah, yeah, but basically, um, Banksy has a a piece of art where a dog is peeing on one of those fire hydrants. I think it's called a fire yeah, hydrant yeah. Um, on one of those fire hydrants, but both of them are drawn, you know, on the wall. So it looks like 
but so it's like it's like it's it's drawn but it looks like it's not drawn right so that's like a yeah. mundane thing a dog peeing on a fire hydrant but it's done in a completely new way like reimagined right so that is um creativity and so the same thing can be applied like you said a good example about those old videos uh history videos also um you know those uh like rebound videos where they have these very um clickbaity thumbnails you know of some like shoes or something something very like novel and and that sparks your curiosity but yeah good 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 points anything to add to that not really i think it's pretty clear i think there are so many ways to spark curiosity towards the viewer my my advice would be like check in within your own niche what the competition is doing and analyze each thumbnail like Okay, if I read, see the, see this thumbnail and I read the title, what does it do with me? You know, and yeah. learn from that experience. Yeah, basically. exactly. All right. The third point is social proof. So people are more likely to watch a video if they see that other that others have already engaged with it. Pretty straightforward. So high view counts, likes, and positive comments can serve as social proof signal to potential viewers that the video is worth watching. This is pretty straightforward, right? If you see a video and it has, you know, millions of views, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this this video is probably good. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And I think you can also maybe leverage this already in the beginning to, if you maybe um, attach something bigger to your video, for example, uh, for example, Andrew Huberman. If we would yeah. make a video about something psychology, uh, in this, for example, um, we could attach Andrew Huberman inside our video. Maybe we will, we will mention him about a certain research, and that's basically also some sort of social proof, yeah. but in a different way. But yeah. yeah, of course. And also leveraging social proof, as in we've talked a lot about it, like social hacking, right? Yeah. We could be using you know Andrew Huberman in our title or thumbnail to somehow leverage his authority and his um his audience credibility yep. uh to to leverage that you know so that's also another way nothing really much here to add it's it's pretty straightforward right if the video has a lot of views you're like oh you know that must be a good video right pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty straightforward exactly. yeah all right the fourth point here on the psychology of youtube is personal relevance so videos that address specific interests, needs, or goals of viewers are more likely to be clicked and watched. I think, shout out, this is my, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, this, this is your my, niche. Yeah. yeah, this is my niche, definitely. Uh, creators who understand their target audience and create content that speaks directly to their needs and interests can build a loyal following. So, yeah, um, I can speak here from personal experience. Videos that address specific interests, right, needs or goals. So, for example, my audience on my personal uh, YouTube channel primarily are people, let's put it that way, <laughs> are young males primarily um, who are interested in making money online, entrepreneurship, YouTube automation, back in the day dropshipping and, and all that, right? But the overall umbrella that they're all sitting under is this kind of make money online type thing. So yeah, and people who are interested in that kind of content, you know, um, they are going to watch my videos right because they have that specific interest they have that goal right maybe their goal is to like you know i want to build an online business or i want to make x amount of money and and stuff like that so 
And understanding your target audience um, better and creating content uh, is basically the, the ultimate key. You know, if <laughs> I actually did this experiment, right? I was building out my, um, my YouTube channel for like two years about, you know, the things that I mentioned. And then over a sudden, the next day, I post a video about like, you know, yoga, right? And then no one clicks from my audience. And then if no one clicks from my audience existing, then YouTube is like, whoa, his loyal fans are not watching. Then why would we recommend this to anyone else, you know? So I think, what was his name? Ed from Film Booth. He made a really easy to understand analogy in one of his videos where he had like three capsules, right? And in one capsule was like hot audience, right? Those are yours, like subscribers, like loyal fans. The other one was warm, like they know about you, but they're not like, you know, super into you. And then the other one is like cold, right? So if you're hot, right? You're like your loyal subscribers are not clicking and watching, then YouTube, that, that's a negative signal for the algorithm, right? YouTube was like, well, if they're not watching, then why would we serve this to yeah, anyone The GDR else? will also tank. Exactly. It will go down, yeah. I've tried this. Trust me, don't do it. <laughs> if you start in a niche, stay in that niche. You can pivot within that niche, right? I went from dropship to drop service, and then I went to YouTube automation, and then I can go to affiliate marketing, right? It's all within that thing. But if I tomorrow go into you know, physical exercise and stuff, that's a no-go for sure. No, I, I agree. And I think also uh, we've seen like a big trend lately. You've ta we've talked about it before as well. People just making videos about their own experience if they tried something for a specific period. Yeah. And that's also very relevant for a lot of people that want to try out that specific thing. For example, you, you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you're making a video about 30 days ice plunging. Yes. It can be, it's very relevant for people that want to try that or mm. like want to know more about it. So it's also mm. very relevant for the those people yeah exactly so i don't know how that video is going to perform but <laughs> and it, it's requiring a lot of commitment really yeah. a lot of commitment dude when i wake up in the morning i don't want to go to the lake but i do it <laughs> yeah, but it's good for you right <laughs> it is good for me yeah. it's keeping me accountable that's the goal <laughs> and committed all right and then the final point here that before we depart is entertaining and enjoyable Okay, so people watch videos for entertainment and enjoyment. Think David Dobrik, right? Think um, Danny Duncan, uh, think Mr. Beast, right? Creators who make their content fun, engaging, and visually appealing are more likely to capture and hold viewers' attention. I agree, uh, especially because like people are of our generation are not watching TV anymore. They go to yeah. Netflix or YouTube to watch their favorite show on YouTube or favorite YouTuber. So people yeah. also just go to YouTube for entertainment. So if you can do that in the right way, in an engaging way, and people will come back to your videos. And yeah. like, if, if they had like a, a nice experience, a fun experience with your YouTube channel, the next time you upload again, they will see, oh, hey, he uploaded again. I want to watch it right away. Same with Mr. Beast. Everyone watches his videos next because they know it will be a crazy video that's yeah. entertaining. Yeah. So you're basically slowly planting a seed in people's head. Like if I upload, you want to click my video. Mm -hmm. But that's a really long-term game. But if you can achieve it, it's really, really uh, lucrative. Uh, I think it's called the Pavlovian response. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, be, there, yeah, yeah. so there was this guy Pavlov um, who trained his dogs to basically what he did was he rang a bell he gave them food he rang a bell he gave them food 
And then he trained them to such an extent that when he rang a bell, they started salivating without even the food being present. Right? That is training and that same thing. Oh, and you might say, oh, but I'm not a dog. (laughs) Well, yeah, sure, you're not a dog, but you're an animal. And some of the principles that apply to, you know, other animals like mice and, and, and dogs and stuff, right, can also be applied to us, right? The way our wiring in the brain and uh, works can still be applied. So same thing here, you know, yeah. you you do a drug, right? You get a, it's, uh, what was the book? The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, right? You read about it? There are the, the three, I think it was like a triangle, right? So you have the cue, then you have the um, the action, and then you have the the reward, right? And then so that it goes, right? You have the cue. So for example, you know, you get tired, right? In during the day, right? That's your cue for, I don't know. Go to playing, <laughs> playing a video yeah. game, playing oh. a video, playing a video game, not for something, right? for like playing a video game, right? So the behavior, because you get like pleasure from that, right? So then your behavior is playing a video game and then the reward is, you know, Dopamine. Yeah, dopamine, pleasurable sensations from playing the game, right? So that's the cue behavior and then the reward thing. So, yeah, that's what I think what we're talking here about is that. But, you know, coming back to the idea of being entertaining and enjoyable, I think you also need to be very careful, you know, because, for example, like in my niche, right, uh, one of the top, you know, YouTubers is Biaheza. He's actually originally from uh, Belarus, uh, but his parents moved to think california when he was a young kid right and so he has a lot he has like a personality right he's a character and he's very funny right he and he has this like a lot of inside humor a lot of inside language right and so you watch his videos and i enjoy and a lot of people enjoy right the numbers speak for themselves but you need to be careful with that because if you then say oh okay Biaheza is like this so i'm gonna be like this you're just gonna look like a clown it doesn't work Finding your voice, finding your tone, your style is a difficult thing, right? For for most, right? For some, maybe it's a natural, a given, right? Um, but yeah, I think um, being entertaining and enjoyable is a skill in itself and it's hard, right? So you need to think about <laughs> where, in which one of these five things you can fall into, you know? Yeah, like not, not everybody is also an entertainer. Like exactly. being an entertainer is... Like a whole, you need. I think it's a type of person that that can be an entertainer. Like you need to have some set of skills or personality um, to be an entertainer. So Mm. yeah, I think Bia has also did a video lately that he uh, he doesn't want to post as often because he was more making videos for the algorithm than for his own joy. You know. Yeah. Also, pretty strong message, I think. Yeah, there is a lot of that, by the way, happening. What are they called? Colin and Samir were talking about it as well on their uh, last creator support podcast. So yeah, it's there's some there's something happening inside of YouTube, um, but it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. I'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, Ron, thank you for your time, guys. Thank, thank you so you much too. for watching. Listen, li- thank you so much for watching, <laughs> listening, subscribing, and we will see you in the next one. Ciao. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs> Dude, we're forming like, we're forming like, um,